You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 200 of the podcast, the big 200. And I am uh, super stoked to be doing this. Big thank you to uh, all of you who've been with me for a while. I know there are many of you who have kind of really been uh, with me from the beginning, some of my friends and family. Uh, and then there was sort of a, uh, an early uptick in listeners, you know, in the first few months of this podcast. And, and a huge uh, chunk of you have stuck with me, listening, downloading, uh, corresponding with me. I've got some great encouraging emails, great questions, great Twitter correspondence. And I just, uh, I'm incredibly humbled. I mean that wholeheartedly. I am uh, so incredibly honored that so many of you have allowed me to play a role in your life and speaking into your life. Uh, and, and so many of you have come to me for just for, for questions or giving me feedback or looking for my insight. And um, I just want you to know that I do not take that for granted. Uh, I am so excited, uh, super excited for the last 200 episodes and, and what, what we've been able to do here and uh, looking forward to the next uh, 200 episodes. I will tell you that um, over the next 50 to 70 episodes, what I'll probably continue doing, and that is just uh, answering questions. Uh, I've got a few series, a few things I want to hit on over the next uh, 100 episodes or so, but the most of the mo- most of the episodes are going to be focused on answering your questions. Uh, my queue is still almost 60 at this point. I, I feel like I, the number never goes down because every time I answer a question, I get another one in my inbox, uh, but I love it. So keep them coming. If you have a question or topic you want me to address, uh, shoot me an email. It's Hey or at theology for the rest of us.com. Um, hey, I want to answer a question today that I've been asked in a dialogue with people about that I think is uh, that I think is really important as a as a youth pastor and and a communicator, preacher, podcaster. Uh, I've I've had a lot of conversations with people about where they are in their faith, and, and I had a I had a, a, a weird streak of conversations. This was right before Christmas, so uh, the week before Christmas, kind of mid December through Christmas time. I had five different conversations with five different people where they said something to the effect of feeling like their spiritual walk was dry. Literally all five people used the word dry. And, and I, it struck me. Uh, I had a conversation. It was right after church with, with someone close to me, uh, right after church on a Sunday. And the person just said to me, "Just I just feel so dry in my walk with God. And then literally, literally the next day, I was driving to lunch with a, with a friend of mine. And, and he said to me, man, I just feel like I'm so dry. He, he actually said, what do you do when you feel like your relationship with God is dry? Um, and then the next day, one of my roommates said something to me about, you know, what do you do to, 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 to jumpstart your relationship with God when you're feeling dry? And then the very next day, I had another conversation, someone very similar. And then it kind of culminated at the end of that week. I was I was out doing something with a, with a, a buddy of mine that I don't get a chance to hang out with often. And, and he asked me, or he said something effective, just feeling like my relationship with God is stale. He said, you know, I'm just, just feeling dry. And, and, it, and it really struck a chord with me that five different people over the course of, of a you know six or seven day period brought up this fact where they felt like they were in moments of their life where they were feeling dry and they weren't sure what to do about it. 
that in their mind, they logically could articulate, I want to care about God. I want to feel vibrant and passionate toward God. I want to have a zeal for the things of God. I want to have affection and love for God, but I just, I just not there. It doesn't feel vibrant or exciting. It feels dry. And, and I thought, I thought, Wow, this is really interesting. And then I got just a dialogue with some of my friends about it over the last few weeks, uh, or really over the last two months or so. And then it just dawned on me that this is a question that really has come up many ways. And, and it, it, sometimes it's articulated in different ways. Different people will use different terminology or they use different phrasing. But but ultimately, people are often asking the same question. And this is typically someone who um, came to faith in Christ at some point in their life. They love God. They were living for Jesus. They were chasing after him. They seemed to have this vibrant friendship with God that was impacting their life in a in a positive and, and transformational way. But then at some point throughout the course of of their life, the, the affection seemed to wane, the passion seemed to dim, the zeal seemed to fade. And this happens to all of us, right? I've been, I've been walking with Jesus now uh, 21 years. I just celebrated a uh, 21-year anniversary of, of of being a Christian and professing my faith in Christ. And, you know, I've had moments where I have been, feel like it's been more vibrant, more alive, more exciting. Um, and then there are moments where it just feels like, eh, it's a little bit dull in my my. my my fire has has waned a bit or has gotten smaller you know i've i've had those seasons where i feel dry um now I, what i what i find is that lots of people stay in these quote unquote dry seasons for long periods of time without ever doing anything about it and so i guess i guess my challenge to all of us would be uh, would be to to really take this serious and recognize that there is something we can do to to see a shift in our lives. Um, before I dive into that, I, I want to just I want to sort of uh, remind you of one thing and then ask a, a ask a question. So the first thing I want to say is to remind every person that if you are a genuine believer, that if you really are a, a Christ follower, if you are one of His, you belong to Him. Let me make it very clear: He loves you, and He has not left you. You are only one conversation away from getting right back on track with God. One conversation with God, that is, right? You, you literally could change that in a moment. The way you're feeling, the way you've been sensing, it, it, could, it could go away in a moment. You could be right back on track with him. Now, the reality is, you're in his mind, if you belong to him, you, nothing has changed. The, the moment you were praying and loving him with all your heart, in that moment, he had a certain opinion of you. And let me tell you, just because you're in a dry season does not mean that that opinion of you has changed in his mind. Like God's approval of you is is firm and it's not predicated upon what you do or don't do. I want to make this very clear. This is important because I think I think when people are saying they're feeling dry, I think sometimes they begin to feel like maybe God has left me or maybe God doesn't love me or maybe God's disappointed in me. God God no longer approves of me. And I want to tell you none of those are true. God delights in you. He loves you. He's not left you. He loves you and he invites you to come to him at any time. And listen, God wants you to experience the vibrant love affair. He wants you to to know that he is with that he is with you every day. He wants you to to, to be confident in that. He wants you to experience his power and his grace. And let me tell you something. God wants it more than you do. 
I want to make that clear. You think you want God? Let me tell you, God wants you more than you could ever want him. God loves you more than you could ever love him. And God wants you to have a great relationship with him more than you want to have a relationship with him. God wants you right in the center of his will more than you want to be in the center of his will. God wants you to be satisfied completely in him more than you want to be satisfied completely in him. God desires to, for you to experience his power, his grace, his love, his mercy, and his presence day in and day out. God desires that for you. He has not left you. He is longing, he is longing for that for you. On your behalf, he is wanting that for you. And God has made that available to you. You are literally one conversation with him away from being right on track, being right back in the spot where you feel like you ought to be. But I want to make it very clear. God has not left you. If you feel far from God, it is not because God distanced himself from you or ran away from you. Oh, quite the opposite. He is right there. I think it's important to remember it's not predicated on you or your works, what you can do. And I think sometimes we feel far from God because we haven't done the right things, but it's because we, we have a warped theology. Our perspective of God is flawed in those moments. And, it's, and in those moments, it's, um, it's really essential for us to remember that God loves us no matter what. That he has wiped the record clean and he approves of you. Your sin or your failures are irrelevant because God's opinion of you is not based on what you've done. It's based on the finished work of Christ at the cross. And so even though you haven't been walking with God the way you ought to, even if you haven't been reading your Bible, you haven't been praying, you're feeling dry, whatever, you've been sinning a lot, whatever, no matter what it is, God's love of you and his desires to, 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 to allow you to experience his grace do not change just because you have not done the good Christian things properly. Like, he still loves you. I want to make that very, very clear. Otherwise, what begins to happen is we begin to feel, we begin to feel uh, this sort of legalistic push to have to do things. We don't have to serve God. We don't have to do things for God. We don't have to have a relationship with God. We get to serve God. We get to do things a part of God's kingdom and God's family. We get to spend time with him. We get to do the things that we can do to help cultivate vibrancy in our relationship with God day in and day out. It's not an obligation. It's an opportunity. It's, it's not a duty. It's an honor. And God loves you and he bestows that opportunity on you. And I think it's important to remember that before we before we really tackle or dive into any specific things that we can do to really sort of jumpstart the vibrancy in our relationship with God. The second thing I would say is, is really posing a question. And I would ask you this, are you really serious about God? I think, I think there's a lot of people who, who come to church, they, they, they say they believe in God, they, they seem to start living for him, and they just never... They, they never are not ser they're never serious enough and therefore eventually it's going to fade away and so i want to ask you that question if you are someone that would say 
Kenny, I really do want to live for God. I really want to do have a, a I really want to have a vibrant relationship with God. I want to have a, a love affair where where I'm really listening to Him daily and and He is guiding me, leading me. Where 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 the Bible is is transforming me. The Holy Spirit is using the Scriptures to transform me. Where the or the Holy Spirit's using. My, my, you know, my, my relationship with other Christians to transform me, where I'm really experiencing His power and His grace uh, on a daily basis. Like if if that is you, I want to ask you this: How serious are you willing to take your walk with God, and how far are you willing to go to see God's power alive and at work in you? It's, I think it's a really good question because I think so often people will say with their mouth that they're serious. But if they're really honest with themselves and their heart of hearts, when they examine what's really going on in their head and their heart, maybe sometimes the the seriousness and the sobriety that's needed, the, the, the seriousness with which we must approach our relationship with God, the reverence with which we must approach, I think sometimes, sometimes is lacking. So I would say this, get serious about your relationship with God. If you're someone that's like, man, I've been wrestling and feeling dry, do something about it. And that leads me to the last point that I want to I wanted to really hit on is that is to ask this question. Have you done things that you've that you've never done to kickstart kickstart or or to, to re-energize your relationship with God in a way that maybe you've never done before? You know, there's the old adage, you know, the definition of insanity is to do the same things over and over again and expect different results. And I agree with that old adage. It's absolutely absurd. If if you've been doing a certain list of things, and that seemingly has led you to to a season of life where you're feeling dry, or or there's things you've not been doing that has led you to a season of feeling dry, well, then maybe you ought to do something different. Like, do something that is different than what you've typically done so that you'll get different results. Like you've got to do something to cultivate the power of God in your life. Now I want to make it very clear: it's not again, it's not based upon you, because our, our our relationship with God is based on the power and grace of God that He bestows. But there is there is a sense where we have to partner with the Holy Spirit in this regard. Um, uh, s- several months back, actually almost a year ago now, uh, I had the opportunity to interview uh, the executive editor for Desiring God, a guy by the name of David Mathis, back in episode 53. If you have not listened to that, I would highly, highly encourage you, go check it out. Episode 53, we talked about the three essentials to enjoying Jesus, David Mathis talked about. And he talked about some of the points in his new book. He wrote a book last year called The Habits of Grace. In fact, the the staff team at my church, we are uh, the entire staff right now, we're currently going through it and reading it together uh, and dus- discussing it. Um, but I got a chance to to interview David last year. I want to encourage you, if, if you've not listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode. Um, but he talked about uh, the idea of the power of God flowing, and he used this metaphor. Um, he talked about a faucet. He's like, he lives, he lives in Minneapolis, and David says, he's like, you know, when I turn, when I go to the faucet and I turn the faucet, the water gushes. But that's because the city of Minneapolis built the pipes, and they were, you know, the water company that has the water filtration treatment center, and and there were people who had to who put those pipes in the ground, and there was a contractor who built my house, and there's a plumber who had to lay the pipes in my house. So they, like, David's making it clear that there's way more you know, on the table, way more in play than just 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 him, right? There's a lot more people involved, and there's a lot of power from a lot of sources involved, but he still has a part to play. 
His role to play is he's got to turn on the faucet. And once he turns on the faucet, the power begins to flow. All of the work and energy that was invested now is, is now evident in that moment. And the same is true in our relationship with God. We play a small part. We've got to turn on the faucet. And once we do that, all of the power of God and all of the infrastructure that God has put in place will come rushing right in. Now, it's silly to think that you are the one that can control your relationship with God as just as much as it would be silly for David to think that he, that he is the one that brings water into his house, right? He, he recognizes that he is not the one. The same was with electricity, right? I'm not the one that, that installed the electricity, but I've got, I'm the one that's got to flip the switch in order for the light to come on. And I think sometimes, particularly those of us in reform circles, we, we maybe, we want to honor the sovereignty of God so much and we want to honor the fact that we believe in monergism. And if you don't know what that is, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll cover it in a future episode. But we want to honor God's role in our lives so much that I think sometimes we forget that we've got to do something in this, in this area. And I want to challenge everyone listening to this. If you ever find yourself feeling dry, it's your responsibility to do something to flip the switch, to turn on the faucet. And I promise you, when you do that, the power of God comes flowing in way faster than any water out of any spigot or any faucet anywhere in the world. The power of God, the grace of God is far more overwhelming and far more soul satisfying than anything else that you could possibly engage with. So I want to challenge you to really consider the fact that God loves you, that God approves of you, that he longs to have a relationship with you. And I want you to ask yourself, am I really serious? And as you consider those two thoughts, begin to do things in your life. Begin to do practical things to see the faucet flow. Let me give you a couple of examples. Listen, if you've not been reading your Bible recently, let's start there. Start reading your Bible, okay? Now, let's say you're someone who used to read your Bible a lot, but you're feeling kind of bored with it, okay? Maybe try something different. Maybe go listen to your Bible. If you've never, if you've never listened to the Bible on audio, man, go check it out. Go download the YouVersion app on your iPhone or smartphone and go check that out, all right? Or maybe you're someone who listens to your Bible a lot, but you don't read it a lot. Then go read it. Maybe you're someone who used to read one translation. You know what? Go find a different translation. Maybe you're someone who always read the NIV. You know what? Go read the ESV. Or you're someone who reads the ESV. Go read the NLT. Um, go do something to kickstart or in reinvigorate your, your engagement with the Holy Scriptures. That's kind of step one. If you do that, it'll be transformational. And then I want to tell you, I want to challenge you to really engage with prayer. Um, you know, recently I had the, the staff team at my, uh, at my, the nonprofit I work for, I have a staff team that reports to me. You know what I told them recently? I said, I want our team to be a team of prayer. You know what? You know what I did? I mandated that they pray on the clock. So when they come to work and they, we pay them for 40 hours a week, I am, re I am requiring that two hours a week on the clock is spent in prayer because I wanted to make it very clear. Listen, I want you to pray and, I, and it's so important to me that we're going to pay you to do it. Right? Like It's important. Um, I recently did, I did something that I had never done before. I went over to the Orlando house of prayer a couple days ago. And for those of you, anyone who knows me personally knows that is way outside of my box. Like, theologically, philosophically, the house of prayer movement and Kenny Ortiz are not a hundred percent on the same page. Just being completely honest. But you know what I did? I realized that my prayer life was lacking. My prayer life needed a jump start. So you know what I did? I went and did something that I ordinarily would have never done. I went and did something that was way outside the norm 
because I take very seriously my prayer life. And I recognize that I need a jumpstart. I need a reinvigoration. I need to be re-enthused. I need to be challenged. So I'm going to go do something I've never done. And I'm going to go learn from people that I typically would never want to listen to. And I've been challenged and I've learned a lot from that experience. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing. If, listen, if you've been doing some of those things and you're still feeling dry, how about fasting? Maybe maybe fasting media. Maybe stop watching TV or media for a month or two or three. Stop eating food for a week or two and pray. Maybe do a different type of fast. Maybe you're, some, maybe, maybe you're someone like, oh, you know, I've, I fast. It never seems to do anything for me. Do something different. Do it again. Fast something different, right? Do a Daniel fast. Do a, do a juice fast. Do a vegetable fast. I don't know, where you only eat veggies. Do something different than you've ever done before. I actually recently had a friend of mine who mentioned to me, you know, I don't listen to any of your longer podcast episodes. I only listen to the short ones. Um, And I'm like, I think to myself, I didn't say I should have said at the time, my friend, uh, you you actually would would benefit a lot because you've got some serious sins in your life that would be helpful. You should listen to some of the longer ones. So if you're someone that only listens to the short episodes, well, listen to the long ones. Maybe it'll be helpful to you, right? Or maybe you should stop listening to podcasts altogether and start listening to, to worship music or hymns in your car. Like, do something you've never done before. See, so often we want God to bless us. We want to feel him. We want to experience him. But we so often want to do it on our terms. It don't work that way. Imagine me going into the gym and going to a personal trainer and saying, dude, I want to be thin. I want to be healthy, but I still want to eat sugar. I, want, I still want to you know, drink high sugar drinks. I still want to drink soda. I still want to eat pasta. I want to eat uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, but I really want to be thin. Oh, oh, by the way, I don't really want to exercise. He'd be like, uh, what? No, it don't work that way, dude. You can't get the ultimate goal of what you want doing it the way you want. It don't work that way. That defies all of the natural laws that we understand, and it most certainly defies the supernatural laws that we know. It makes sense. If you want to get something different, you're going to have to do something different. And you want to be cautious to not compare yourself to others. I got a roommate of mine who uh, who can pretty much eat whatever he wants, and he's still like super healthy looking. He looks great. He's super athletic, and it's always frustrating. I'm like, dude, you're eating sugar. You're eating pizza. I'm like, dude, I can't do that. And I, if I eat pizza, I gain. I, I look terrible. I feel terrible. I'm not healthy. You know what I realized? I have to remember. He's in a different stage of life than I'm. He's ten years younger than me. And he's got better genetics and he's taking care of his body for longer. So when he cheats and eats a slice of pizza, it doesn't have the devastating effect that I do. And so what I'm so what a lot of people are doing, a lot of Christians are they're feeling dry and they're looking at other Christians and they go, Well, that Christian well, that Christian uh, doesn't listen to you know, you know, uh, doesn't only listen to worship music and they, they seem to be doing good. I guess I can too. No, 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 no. Stop comparing yourself to that person and start doing what you need to do. Stop worrying about what other people do. See, I can't look at my roommate and go, well, he eats pizza, I'll eat pizza, and I'll still, I'll be just as thin and just as athletic as he is. No, because my body structure is different. My phase of life is different. My season of life is different. That has to be considered. And therefore, in order for me to be as thin and as healthy and as athletic as him, I need to take some more drastic, more extreme approach. If I want something I've never had or haven't experienced in a while, I've got to be willing to do things that are outside of my norm. And the same is true in our spiritual walk. If you want to be healthier than ever been before, if you want to be stronger than you've ever been before, if you want to get out of a dry spell, then you need to do something. Turn that spigot, turn that faucet. 
flip the switch, do something that will cultivate and invite the power of God to rush into your life. Listen, God wants to do that. He wants to give you his grace. He wants you to experience his love and his power day in and day out. God wants you to feel close to him. He desires a love affair with you. He loves you. He loves you more than you love him. He wants you more than he wants than you want him. He wants you to have a great relationship with him more than you want to have a great relationship with him. It is it is so important that we do something or some things that will be different than what we've normally done to invite an environment that may be, that may be, might be new or might invite the power of God into our lives in a way we've never experienced before. Go do something different that you've never done or that you haven't done in a long while. And I promise the power and grace of God will flood into your life and you will begin to reignite the love of God you once had. Let me close with this. There's a passage of scripture in Colossians. The apostle Paul says this. He says, set your mind on things above. Another translation says, set your affections. He doesn't say, just sit back and wait for your mind to accidentally fall in love with God or just sit back and wait for your mind to accidentally think about God. No, he doesn't say, just sit back and just kind of wait until you bump into loving God again. No, it's proactive. Set your minds, force your brain to think about him, force your affections to be on God. Do whatever it takes, do something, be proactive, be focused, be intentional, do something and force your brain and your heart to think about and focus on God. Set your affections on him, set your mind on things above. That, my friends, is the key to getting out of a dry season in your life. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope this has been helpful and insightful. I also hope it's challenging in some ways, and I hope that many of you will take me up on this challenge, that you will engage in things maybe you haven't engaged in a while. And I pray that God, that God's grace and power will drive you to a point where you are in love with him again. That's my hope and prayer for you. Hey, if anyone listening to this, if you have a question or topic that you want me to address on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, remember to connect with me on Twitter. It's my favorite place to connect with people. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. To ensure you never miss a single episode of the podcast, make sure you are subscribed to the show in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. That'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Those reviews are a big, big help to the show. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.